Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Tonight, I want to talk to you about an important aspect of the covenant that we have. And if you'll go with me to Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, and we'll just begin there in verse 1. We are in Christ because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are not just forgiven of sins. We are made in Christ. New creatures, old things are passed away. All things are created new. And in this, it says we are born of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are born of God. We are now members of the family of God. Sons of God, male sons, female sons, sons and heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. We are are in this new creation. We are recipients of everything Jesus has. That when it says heirs of God and joint heirs, a joint heir is an equal portion heir. And... Everything that is in Christ is available to us because we're in Christ. Amen. Amen? And Romans chapter 5 says in verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, by whom we have access by faith into this grace or this favor. The Wiest translation, Kenneth E. Wiest expanded New Testament says, we have our entry into this unmerited favor. The Amplified Bible classic edition says, Through him also we have our access, our entrance, our introduction by faith into this grace, this state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. We firmly and safely stand in this place of favor with God. Now, if you'll look at one of my favorite examples from John chapter 1, you'll see this explained by our position in Christ. It says in John chapter 1 and verse, let's actually begin in... Fourteen, 
And the Word was made flesh. Jesus, the Word, made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace or favor and truth. So the fullness of the favor of God is in Jesus. And everything that's in Jesus I have access to, which we just read, we have access by faith into this favor. Now then in verse 16 it says, Of His fullness have all we received. Can I see the amplified of verse 16? Of His fullness have all we received. We have all received of His fullness. God hasn't only portioned it out to you. He hasn't given you a limited supply. Out of His fullness, out of, out of Jesus' fullness and abundance, we have all received. We have a share and we are supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. But for us to stand in it, for us to access it, for us to entrance, make that entrance into it, for us to be introduced into this favor, we've got to believe that we have of His fullness received. That in Christ I have access to the fullness of the favor of God. There is no good thing that God will withhold from me. Can you find that in Scripture? No good thing does he withhold from them who walk uprightly before him. Amen? So, of his fullness we have received. This abundant supply of the favor of God. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, And let's begin at, let's just look at verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace or the favor that is in Christ Jesus. Does the, the Amplified says be strong, strengthened inwardly in the grace, the spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. The Kenneth E. Wiest translation says, Be clothed with inward strength by this grace. Rotherham translation says, Be empowering yourself in the favor that is in Christ Jesus. Be empowering yourself in the favor that is in Christ Jesus. So, we are to access this favor because we're in Christ. We, our faith in our inheritance of favor gives us entrance to its operation in our life. And then we're instructed with the New Testament instruction to be strong in favor. Amen. To be strong in favor. Hallelujah. So that's my assignment. For us tonight, how do we become strong in favor? How do we cooperate with the favor of God? How do we participate with this favor and condition our life to be conducive to the favor of God having a continual operation, uninterrupted? 
uninterrupted. What would your life look like if favor was working 24-7 in your life? Amen? We need to expect that. It's favor heaped upon favor. Spiritual blessing heaped upon spiritual blessing. So let's build our faith in the favor of God and what it means to us. The favor of God is something that... um, By definition, in the Hebrew, it would mean God leaning toward you. Like with extending His his resources, extending His help to you. He's bending over or stooping over, one of the definitions would be stooping over in kindness to you. Here, let me help you. Here, let me provide for you. Here, let me bring my favor into your situation. Amen? It, it is the um, goodness of his heart. It's his character. God is good by nature. And so this favor is a flow of his goodness. It's an expression of his goodness. Hallelujah. In Numbers chapter 6, I want you to recognize this is the blessing that the high priest was instructed to pronounce over the people of God. And um, I love when Pastor Caldwell was teaching on the, uh, how to obtain the blessing of Abraham. Uh, he made the statement, he said, this is the only prayer that God wrote himself. I love that. The father wrote a prayer that he wanted to be prayed over his people. And the reason why is because this is what he wanted. These are the words he wanted operative in their life at all times. He wanted these words to be constantly moving in their lives. And so Numbers chapter 6 verse 24, the Lord bless you. Now, can we just go ahead and look at verse 22? The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. So God said, This is the words that I want you to speak over them as a spiritual authority in their life, representing me. Representing my will. These are the words from God that He and and we are His covenant people in Christ. These words, we have a high priest sworn in forever with an oath by God. You are the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus, our high priest. The Bible says he speaks the blessing over us. When we, it says in Hebrews chapter 7, when we bring the tithe, he of whom it is spoken that he lives forever, he releases the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. These are the words that God wants operative in our life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you And be gracious is favorable. God is favorable to you. He wanted that on their minds. He wanted them to every day think about 
God is favorable to me. God is gracious to me. He makes his face shine upon me. You know what that means? When God looks at you, ear to ear grin. He just looks at you and he says, that's my boy right there. That's my girl right there. He's just got face to face. He, he just brightens up when he looks at you. The Lord, he makes his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Hallelujah. Why did God want this to be spoken? Why is it that God wants you to be strong in his favor? It's because of his affection for you. God loves you with an unsearchable love, with a loyal, steadfast, covenant love. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Hallelujah. He said, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? We need to, we need to ask ourselves that question. We need to maintain that as a, a standard consideration. When we're dealing with adversities, we need to just go ahead and put Romans 8.31 in our mouth. If God be for me, and He is, He is for me. He is working on my behalf. He is my ever-present help in time of trouble. He is my strength and my shield and my fortress and my strong tower. He's my refuge. He is my rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God He hideth my soul in the cleft. Of the rock. Hallelujah. He that spared not his own son. I talk about attitude. This is attitude. He, this is attitude. He that spared not his own son. That's laying it down. That's making it plain. He did not spare what was, what was the most valuable relationship and person in his life at that moment he gave his best he gave his best he did not hold back do you think he's going to hold back now if he didn't hold back Jesus if he didn't hold back Jesus what's he going to hold back from you now he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how, how, how shall he not with him, where are we, with him, 
how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What's the result of God being with you? Freely gives you all things. Favor. Favor. God's with me. God's for me. Greater is he that is in me. He's on my side. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. <laughs> Come on. Why? Why? Not because my legs are strong enough. Not because I'm so athletic. But because I'm in him. He strengthens my hand for battle. He strengthens my hand. He makes my feet like the hind's feet so that I don't slip. I can tread upon the high places. I can go places where other people can't go because he makes my feet like hind's feet. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Hallelujah. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are recipients of the favor of God. We are the object of God's affection. We are the object of God's affection. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. What an honor, Father. What an honor, Father. Chapter 6, verse 24 of Ephesians. Grace be with all them, grace or favor be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. <laughs> Go ahead and show me the Amplified. I think it uses the word favor. And, and I'll tell you, grace and favor are terms that are interchangeable, but a lot of people have a, a, a roadblock or a hindrance when they hear the word grace because of, of things that they might have heard wrong. So that's why I'm continually bringing out these definitions that are using favor. God's undeserved favor be with all who love. Our, I love him. I love him. And I don't love him to get anything from him. I love him because of what he, he's done for me. I love him because he, who he is in my life. But as a result, because of where I am in this relationship, it's not because I've done something to deserve it. It's the undeserved favor of God that is with me, glory to God, who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying and incorruptible love. That's scripture. Is that in your Bible? It wasn't just something the Apostle Paul was saying. It was Holy Spirit inspired or it wouldn't be in the book. Right? So let it be. So let it be. Amen? So what we want to do is we want to be strong in the favor. And how do we gain strength in the favor? Faith, we, we, we hear the, the word preached about the favor of God. 
we, faith comes by hearing and then we begin to expect the favor of God. And when the favor of God comes, we give him all the glory. We give him all the praise for his favor. So let's look at Proverbs 14 and let's identify this favor working in our life. Proverbs 14 and verse 9. 14, 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Among the righteous there is favor. And I'm righteous in Him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Among the righteous there is favor. One translation says among the upright there is favor. Proverbs 11, 27. 11 and verse 27 and I'm going to read from the Amplified as well. Verse 27. He that diligently, I'll read King James first. He that diligently seeks good procures favor, but he that seeks mischief, it shall come unto him. He that diligently seeks good procureth favor. The Amplified says, he that... Uh, Diligently seeks good, seeks God's favor. He that diligently seeks good, seeks God's favor. Hallelujah. I'm looking for good. What am I going to find? I'm going to find the favor of God. I'm looking to do things right. I'm looking to stay in it. Why? Because we want the favor of God to have its operation in our life. Because it's the will of God. It's the blessing. Genesis chapter 12, when God spoke the blessing to Abraham, he said, I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, the Amplified said. So the favor of God is a part of the blessing, and the blessing of God is necessary for us to fulfill his plan for our lives. You can't fulfill the plan outside of the blessing. You can't walk out the fullness of all that God. He said in Jeremiah, he said, I have, he said, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. They are good with an end and an expectation. They are good with an end that's worth look for, looking forward to. The thoughts that God has for us, they are plans of favor. But we can't fulfill all that God has planned without the blessing. We can't fulfill it without the favor. He wants his favor working in our life. So we submit to that. I submit to that, Lord. That's what you desire. I submit myself to that. Be it unto me according to your word. Lord, you want to favor me? Thank you. Amen? See, the, the, the attitude is not about, gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy. The attitude is about, I want God's will in my life. And His favor is for His purpose. Hallelujah. So, it says, He that seeks Good, diligently seeks good, seeks God's favor. 
when, I'm going to use some different examples here. When my children were growing up, and still even now with, with Liliana, I want her to want me to be agreeable or, or pleased with her decision. I don't want it to be okay with her for me to not like how she acted. I don't want to look and say, that's not the right way to act, and she respond, I don't care. Because the reason I want a certain demeanor or a certain action is for her good. As a parent, my motive is for the well-being of the child. And so I want that willingness to, and, and I want my attitude and my uh, perspective to carry weight with her. Amen. God, God, I want to have the pleasure of the Lord as a priority in my life. I want God pleased with me. If I say something that I sense displeases Him, I am quick to correct it. If I have an attitude or a response to something and I recognize it's, it, He's dissatisfied with the way I responded... I'm quick to repent of it. Why? Because, Lord, I want to be right with you. Even if it means somebody thinks less of me, as long as I'm right with you. Even if somebody says, look at her saying she's sorry. Look at her admitting her wrong. Look at her. That's okay. As long as as God is taking pleasure in my attitude. Amen? That's what it says. He that seeks good seeks God's favor. Proverbs 12, 2. A good man obtains favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A good man obtains favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see the value of this favor and the importance that it should hold in our estimation. Now, In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we find something about the favor of God that gives us an indication of how it operates. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26. Speaking of Samuel as a child, it says, The child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord... And also with men. He grew and was in favor, favor with God and favor with people. Hallelujah. So it is not only that working in our being able to receive the favor of God, but that favor also works on a horizontal level to maintain that that favor is operating in business deals. That favor is operating in relationships. That favor is operating in interactions that we have in this realm on the earth. Favor with the Lord and also with people. Hallelujah. We also see in Luke chapter 2, our example, Jesus Christ, 
our Lord, our Savior, Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Jesus increased, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor. So not only can we have favor with God and with people, but it can increase. He increased in favor with God and man. So the level of favor that's operating in your life right now, at this moment, at this time, it can increase. It can gain momentum. And that's what we want. Hallelujah. That's what we want. We want the operation of favor to have its work in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the increase of favor. So now we've identified the importance of the favor. How do I increase? How do I continue in the favor of God? How do I grow strong in the favor of God? How do I increase? So I'm going to give you some, some specific instructions. Number one, consider your ways. Let's look at Psalm 119. Because we want the increase of the favor of God in our lives. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 58. 119.58 I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to your word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto your testimonies. I entreated your favor. I'm seeking it. I'm searching for it. I'm preparing my heart for it. And how do I do that? I began to look at my ways. I began to consider my ways. I'm thinking on my ways. And as a result, there are things that I adjust in my life. We must train ourselves to fellowship with the Word of God as a, a change agent in our life. That invite Him, Lord, search me, O oh Lord. If you find anything in me, David said, any wicked way, any twisted way, any way that is wrong in my attitude, if you find it, Lord, show me. I will change it. Be willing. Have that, have that always open opportunity for God to check you on your attitude, to check you on your mindset about something. Hallelujah. I thought on my ways. Our lifestyle must be pleasing to God. Our lifestyle must be pleasing to God. Now, one thing, you know, when, when we've been uh, walking in the Word for a while and walking in, in the Lord and we've been in church and we've learned, we go, okay, I'm not cussing, I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not doing all of the things that I did before. Uh, and we think, well, I'm okay then. Yeah, but are you critical? See me smiling? Are you critical? 
Because God says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Hallelujah. And, and sometimes, are you easily offended? I mean, here's John the Baptist. Had a direct revelation from God. Upon whom you see my spirit descend and remain. He is the Messiah, the Christ. He's the one. And John stood up and said, the one who sent me to baptize told me when I saw the Holy Spirit descend and remain upon him, I have, and I testify today, I have seen the Holy Spirit come upon him. He's the one. But then a few chapters later, we see him sending his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one? And Jesus said, go tell John, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the poor are having the gospel preached to them. In other words, all of the, the signs, all of the evidence that I'm the one is in operation. And also tell John, blessed are those who are not offended in me. Now we know what caused him to lose what he once had in the light. The light he was once walking in, the offense of what he was going through, the offense at the word. Isn't that what the parable of the sower? Jesus warned us about stony ground. Stony ground is offended ground. Stony ground is easily offended ground. Offended at the word. Offended. It's not working for me. It's not working for me. Somebody else got blessed and I should have got blessed before them. Somebody else, they got their new car and I should have got a new car before them. It's not working for me. I'm still going through this difficult situation in my life. I'm still experiencing this. Easily offended is a stoppage of the growth of the word. If there's offense, guess what's not growing? The word's not growing. So that it's not just those outward evidences of things that we quit doing when we got saved, like, like the, the riotous living that we did before. Yes, we definitely need to lay those things aside. But also we need to look in our heart and find out, am I critical? Am I easily offended? Hallelujah. These are ways that we must consider as well. If the word, if the word confronts us, be quick to yield to the word. I think for me, one of the most difficult areas was an area of unforgiveness that I had. An area of unforgiveness where I was, I had, it, it was wrong what this person did. It was, it was, it was legally wrong. It was criminally wrong. It was morally wrong. It was, it was wrong in every sense of the word wrong. 
and I held this bitter unforgiveness. And I was in the beginning of my walk with God. I'm trying to, I need everything. So I'm learning how to receive from God. I'm learning how to walk in faith. And the pastor begins to preach on, on Mark 11, believe what you, and receive. And then he brings up verse 25. I would have been really good that day. And then verse 25 popped up. And if you have aught against any. And if you go to the Amplified, it makes it painful. If you have anything against anybody, drop it, leave it, let it go. And I said, how can I drop that? How can I leave that? How can I let that go? It is it was wrong what this person did. Hallelujah. But I had committed that if I saw it in the Word, I would adjust it. That I would, I would accept whatever correction He gave me from His Word. And I did it because I wanted to please Him. I did not forgive that person because anything about that person's demeanor or attitude had changed. I've never seen that person again. I didn't forgive them because they deserve forgiveness. They never asked for forgiveness. They never, I'm going to let God deal with them. But I needed to drop it because God asked me to. Hallelujah. And so, I remember hearing Corey Ten Boom talk about, now, her, a, a more familiar story from her life was how that her sister was so mistreated in the concentration camp by a certain guard this guard, he didn't kill her, but he tortured her until she died. He was so mean to her, picking on her sister. I mean, just putting her through things that were, were just for the sake of being mean. And she said after the war and after she had been released from the concentration camp, the war was over, she was back in a certain area and she was preaching about the love of God. She was preaching about God's restoration and preaching about the goodness of God. And a man came up to her and said, I'm glad that you preached what you preached today. And he put out his hand to her. And it was that guard. And he said, I'm a believer now. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. And he put out his hand to shake her hand and inside she said Lord I cannot forgive this man in my own power she said everything in me all of the hatred all of the anger all every memory of how he demeaned and mistreated and 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 victimized and and humiliated my sister, wore her down physically, was right there. 
And she said, Lord, I cannot in my own power forgive this man. But in your power I can. And she said, without anything feeling different, without anything, she made the choice to put out her hand of forgiveness. And she said, when I acted on that, the forgiveness, God shed abroad his love in my heart. And the forgiveness was available. That's the more familiar story that I, I, I've heard. But I encountered another in some of her writings where she said there was, a, this was after, you know, she, had, she was in ministry. She was, uh, uh, you know, preaching in different places, doing different things in ministry. And there were some people who had done some things uh, uh, against her ministry uh, stolen, I believe it was a business uh, dealing and maybe taken all of her mailing list and, and pulled everybody over to support them and um, uh, then denied it all and, and uh, you know, tried to say they weren't guilty of that. And so someone came to visit and she sat down with them and she said, she said you know, I've forgiven them I've forgiven them. Now, this is after she's learned this lesson on forgiveness, right? With this man who had done all of these terrible things. And so she's saying about these people who have stolen and, and, and violated her trust and done all this. She said, she said, I've forgiven them. And in the conversation, the person says, well, you know, they say they didn't do anything. She says, I have the proof of what they did. I have all of the papers. I have all of the documents. And the person said, and you've forgiven Oh, are you forgiven? Why are you holding on to the evidence? Why are you holding on to the documents? Why are you, you know, right where they are on your desk. She was, she was like reaching for them. I can show you right here. And you forgiven? And she said at that moment, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, she said, you're right. She said, I thought I'd forgiven. But my actions... Gave it away. My actions to hold on to the proof gave it away. And she said, I had to destroy the documents and forgive them. And let it go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Consider your ways. We want the favor of God. We want the favor of God. And it, God can do more in his favor than I can do holding on to my self-preservation. I'm going to preserve myself. I'm going I'm to uh, 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 protect myself. No, his favor. Hallelujah. So we want our ways. We want, we want to think on our ways. I thought on my ways and then what did I do? I turned my feet. I changed. I made those, those adjustments so that I'm in line with the word. Let's look at Haggai chapter 1. Hallelujah. Brother Hagen made this statement that it seems that 
that God is trying to say it exactly how he used to say it. The Lord will hold us more accountable for the spiritual sins. Not hold accountable. It's like there's a greater emphasis because it's of the heart. It's of the heart. He deals with us about those things in our heart because they are our stoppages. They're hindrances. They're, they're brick walls to what God wants to do. The things that he wants to do in our life, he needs the condition of our heart accurate with the word. He needs us to be free of the bitterness and free of the, the uh, unforgiveness and free of the criticism. I mean, one of the things that God hates is, is for uh, the, the gossip. That's a big deal to God. Hallelujah. And so there are a lot of people who say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have sex outside of marriage. I don't, I don't get high. I don't, I don't do those things. But if they're slanderers, See, nobody, nobody, it, that's not something that is, is as evident to everybody. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You, We're talking about favor. We really are. Yes. <laughs> Haggai 1, 5. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. You've sown much and bring in little. Is that how it's supposed to work? That is not how it's supposed to work. If we sow much, we, he that sows, sows uh, sparingly will reap sparingly, but he that sows generously will reap generously, right? He said, you've sown much, but there's something wrong. It's not working the way it should have been working because they're only bringing in little. You eat... But you do not have enough. Is that the way it works? No, he said we're supposed to eat to the full. Eat till we're satisfied. You drink, but you're not filled. You clothe, but there's none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. What's the problem? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. He was specifically dealing with the, the priority in their life. That the house of God didn't have priority to them. Hallelujah. So the priorities in our life. Consider our ways. Is God first? Is God first? Do I love God with all my heart? I love you, Lord. But I'm going to watch this thing on TV. Even though they take your name in vain. I love you, Lord. But I'm going to go see that movie. 
even though it's contrary to your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to preach on the favor of God, but Jesus keeps taking me a certain way. I was, I was talking with some of the ladies this morning, and we were, we were discussing a movie that has come out, a kid's movie. And at first, we had planned to take Liliana to go see it until I found out that there is uh, something that is totally a violation against the Word of God. And I had to sit Liliana down and explain to her why we are not going to go see that movie. And I, I want her to know my reason is not about legalism, but my reason is about my honor for God. And the Lord helped me when I had this conversation with Lily. The Lord helped me because when I began, when I opened up, I said, now, we're not going to go see that movie, and I want to explain why. And, and the Lord said, she knows the commandment to love God with all your heart. She's learned that commandment in nursery and in children's church. And I said, isn't one of the commandments to love the Lord God with all of your heart? And she said, yes. She, she began to, to finish that, that, to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. She knew that commandment. And I said, we love God with all of our heart. And because we love him, we're not going to go see that movie because it is dishonorable to him. And I love him too much to dishonor him with the money he's blessed us with and with my approval on that movie. Hallelujah. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because... I want, I, want the, I want her to know that is the right decision to make even if I'm not there to make it for her. I want her to know I don't want to because I love God. Not because mommy said or not because my church says, but I love God. I love God. I don't care if it's only 30 seconds on the screen. How am I going to explain to the one who rescued me and shed his blood and gave his life to purchase me that I went and watched that blatant slam in his face and I still love him. So do you see, it's not about legalism. It's not about what I can and can't do. It's about do I love God? Where are my ways? Do I put God first? God, are you important to me? You are important to me. And I want you to be honored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, it says here, consider your ways. Can I just read that from the Amplified Haggai 1, uh, 5 through 7? Consider your ways. What are our ways? Glory to God. What are our ways? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways and set your mind on what has come to you. Verse 6, 
You've sown much, but you've reaped little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you do not have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages has earned them to put, in a, put them in a bag with holes in it. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways, your previous and present conduct. Your previous and present conduct. The word also means your actions, methods, and manners. Consider your actions, consider your methods, consider your manners. The manner, the, the way you do things. The manner about which you go to, to accomplish something. Consider those things. Are they honorable? Are they putting God first? Are they prioritizing His Word? It, does His Word have a place in your life? An important place. Not, not the bread box, pull a little scripture out of the bread box on the table. That might be a supplemental. But does His Word have place in your life? When He prompts you, are, do you make it a priority to learn how He speaks? To learn how He deals with you? So that you can immediately respond to the voice of the Lord when He prompts you about something? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be, I want to be the one that God doesn't have to deal with me long. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to over and over again. Remind me, remind me, remind me. I remember hearing Jerry Savelle talk about how that God had spoke to him to, um, I think it was Jonah. He said, I want you to take some money over to this minister and he said, Lord, I'll do it tomorrow on my way out of town. I'm, 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 you know, busy, got all these things going on. And the Lord said, I want you to take this over to him. And he said, I'll do it tomorrow. And he said, then tomorrow came and I got busy and I left town without doing it. And I said, Lord, when I get up here to Memphis, I'll, I'll stop and mail it. And then, you know, it, the, the whole drive and everything. And about three times the Lord reminded him to do that. And he kept putting it off, and I'll do it later, and I'll do it when I get back. And the Lord said, if this is the way you want to receive, when you have a need, if you, if you want people to, to put it off and put it off, because the way that you're doing this is going to affect the way that you receive. And he said, Lord, let me get on my game here. Let me get obedient and get this done why? Because God spoke to him about it because he needed something done. I want to be that person that, that is quick. And it doesn't just happen. You've got, to, you've got to condition yourself to walk in peace because if you're all the time running last minute, if you're all the time running behind, you see me smiling. I'm not intending to get all up in everybody's business today, but praise the Lord, I'm helping somebody. If, if, you're, if you're all the time behind or running late or trying to catch up and, and doing everything last minute, it's going to be hard to hear. 
Because if you do hear, you've got too many things that you put off till last minute. Be early. Prepare ahead of time. Live a life that is peaceful and organized. Organize people here better. Why? Because when your life is cluttered, your ears are cluttered. Your spirit is cluttered when, you're, when, you're at, when your responsibilities are all cluttered and piling up and then overwhelming you. How are you going to hear? And where, where's your time to obey God if you don't have time because you're stacked up with responsibilities that are falling behind? Praise the Lord. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. We want the favor of God. He says, consider your ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Proverbs 8.33. I'm finding a jumping off place. That was just one. I've got like seven here. Proverbs 8. Thirty-three, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Just get used to instruction. Don't stiffen your neck if somebody, and, and here's, here's something else. Don't say, yeah, I know, I know. You want to you know how to stop the wisdom flowing from your pastor? Come to him with a problem, and when he starts speaking, you start shaking your head. Uh-huh, I know. Uh-huh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. He will shut down. He will, well, then why am I talking if you know? If you know, why am I talking, right? Hear instruction. You've got to learn how to hear instruction. You've got to condition yourself to hear instruction, because most people don't like to be told something. Tell me. I am not above being instructed. I am not above being informed. I want to know. If I don't know how to do it, please tell me how to do it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to learn. I'm going to come along, people, and, and I've learned to ask questions. How did you do that? Hallelujah. How did you learn that? How did you make that? You know, to do anything on these devices... Somebody was telling me this morning how to, how to send, Sister Patricia was telling me today how to, how to send. I'm like, I should know how to do that. I am a techie, and I don't know how to do that. I'm going to practice that. I'm going to be skilled at that. She said, Caleb told me last night. <laughs> we are not above instruction. Give us some instruction, right? Well, in all the areas of our life. There's instruction that will help your marriage. There's instruction that will help your finances. There's instruction. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me. Who's speaking? Wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. Blessed is the man or woman that hears wisdom. Blessed in the hearing. Watching daily at wisdom's gates. Waiting at the post of wisdom's door. For whoever finds wisdom, finds life and shall obtain favor. 
How do I obtain favor? How do I grow in favor? Hear instruction of wisdom. Wisdom's instruction will bring us into more favor. Hallelujah. And notice it's daily. Watching daily. Watching, waiting at the post of wisdom's door. Hallelujah. Whoever finds me. Finding wisdom. Hallelujah. So the more intimate our, our time and fellowship with the word of God, the wisdom of God becomes, the more of his favor we are going to experience. Hallelujah. Hear instruction. Hear instruction. It's the way of life, isn't it? It's the way of life. The instruction that God has for us. I'm going to just follow that up with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Take fast hold of it. Hallelujah. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, what, instruction, for she is your life. Hallelujah. This is our attitude. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. Lifelong learners, especially where the spiritual things are concerned. I do not want to get to heaven and have to go to elementary school. Don't put me in kindergarten in heaven. I, get put, I want an advanced class. I want to be ready. Put me in advanced class. So I've got to learn here. I've got to gain the wisdom and the, the skill in receiving the instruction of God. I'm going to stop here, but I believe I've helped us tonight. Let's, let's just turn to the Lord. Father, thank you for your word that brings us into more light. Lord, we come to the light and we embrace the light. Whatever we need to change, we're willing to change. Our attitude is a yielded attitude. Father, we want you to correct us. We want you to instruct us. We want to walk in the accuracy of your plan for our life. In Jesus' name, praise God. Would you stand with me to your feet?